0: Hi, I'm Tess Vigeland, and welcome to episode four of COVID Chronicles, the podcast I'm doing from my living room couch while we all stay in our homes to save the world. Today, I'm turning the show over to the kids. You know, the ones all you parents just can't get enough of right now. School, at least the kind inside a large building, has been canceled for the rest of the year in many states, so they're all home and living with the same sense of discomfort, uncertainty, and uh, boredom as all the adults. You can try to shield them, but there's no shielding that things are just weird and pretty hideous right now. Dan Carson is 48 and teaches English, creative writing, and public speaking at the Altamont School in Birmingham, Alabama. A couple of weeks ago, he gave his creative writing students a creative assignment that I'll let him explain and then we're going to hear some of his students read from those assignments. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, it should be asked of everyone. Um, I'm actually doing pretty well. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, functioning Internet in a backyard where my kids can play. My wife is a doctor. She's at UAB Hospital right now. Um, She actually runs the neurology floor. She's not immediately responding to COVID patients, but they are taking patients who sometimes come in and eventually test positive. So there's a little, you know, a little bit of extra stress involved with that because we're hoping that she doesn't get sick mainly, but also, you know, she comes home and we kind of, we have to do social distancing in the house. We're doing like a soft quarantine within our own house. That's a little tricky. Um, overall, I'm I'm doing pretty well. You know, teaching is physically exhausting. I don't have that aspect of it. My school is doing a lot of distance learning. We had a program and an infrastructure kind of ready to go. I almost feel bad saying this, but I, so far so good. Like I'm I'm doing pretty well. A lot of people have it a lot worse than we do.
0: What's it been like for you to
1: teach your students remotely? It is different. My classroom in particular, we do a lot of free ranging, open, sort of open discussion where a lot of sort of accidental learning and connection making takes place. That is definitely harder to do. We do have, um, optional video chats like for each, for each class, for each section. I do feel like, you know, that personal touch is obviously missing. We're doing a lot of what's called asynchronous teaching. It's almost like we're recording or filming a lesson that the kids can watch later, and then they can check in with us a couple times a week in these uh, optional video conferences. I mean, it's, I think it's going very well. There are some kids who actually seem to be thriving, and maybe this style works for them even better. I think for the most part, you know, they are missing the, the social interaction, of course. But we're, you know, we're trying to compensate for that as best we can. So tell us about this assignment. I gave this assignment. um, We had one week of distance learning. Then we had our spring break. And in the week that they had come back, a lot of us normally will take a little trip over spring break. That really wasn't possible for for most of us and for most of the students. A a lot of this situation that we're still dealing with, it was really hitting home. I just felt like these kids are going to need to get something off their chest. So I gave a very open-ended assignment, and I said, you can write a letter to anyone you want about your experience of the past couple of weeks, you know, this unprecedented situation we're all dealing with right now. You can write to the president, you can write to the governor, you can write to the mayor, you can write to a sports hero, an actor, a family member, a friend, anyone you want, and you can say anything you want. So a lot of them, they, I mean, they really... Took it and ran with it. I mean, they ranged in seriousness from, a, you know, kind of lighthearted letter to LeBron James and what <laughs> what he's doing for working out now to like yeah, very heartfelt letters that, you know, literally had me crying at my desk when I was, you know, looking at my laptop alone. I was just so glad they felt that they could be open and honest to write what they wrote. I mean, they they made me proud in pretty much every way.
0: Well, we're going to hear now from some of those students and uh, what they wrote for this assignment. So, Dan, thank you and stay healthy.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so glad you did this. Thank you so much.
0: That was Dan Carson in Birmingham, Alabama. And the first student we're going to hear from is 13-year-old Caitlin, writing to her best friend.
2: Hey, how are you today? What did you have for breakfast? I know you didn't eat anything, but I thought I'd ask anyway. Did you remember your PE clothes today? Well, we have character out anyway. How was soccer last night? How was dance? I'm so tired. I want the bell to ring. You guys want to go to my locker? Does anyone have any gum? I miss you. I miss talking to you and seeing you smile. I miss dropping our backpacks by our next class and walking around the building with you. I miss being with you. I miss seeing you in the hallways. I miss making faces at you while you were in class and I was walking in the hallways. I miss you. I don't know what to do without you. I think about you constantly and wish you were here. I want to hug you and laugh with you and joke with you. I want to see you in my classes and make eye contact with you. I want to match the energy you have as we're constantly building each other up. I want to see you in the diner and tell you what happened in my last class. I want to sit with you at lunch and sit back as you throw ice all around but I can't. I never thought I would want to be back in the place that I say I hate the most, but I am. I want to be back in the library after school and do homework, but mostly laugh and talk and smile. I want the distractions back, the distractions in that prison-looking building that distracted me from what was going on inside my head or outside of school. I want to be back there, back with you, but I can't. I don't want to grow apart, I want to stay together until we are forced to let go of each other and go off into life our separate ways. I'm scared that without this last month of that thing we call school, we might grow away from each other. What if we do? Then I will have to miss you like this for four more years. But somehow, I know we won't. Because I know we would miss our laughing, joking, eye contact, conversations, and lunches together too much. Because sometimes, it feels like I can't live without you. I can't. And I know you miss me, too. I talk to you, text you, and FaceTime you, and I know you miss me, too. Because I know you can't live without me, either. You can't. So with that, I will tell you that I miss you. And I will see you soon. I will. I promise I will. Sincerely, the person who misses you,
0: Caitlin. Next up, 13-year-old Will, also writing to his friends.
3: Hey friend, I don't know what to do. Every day is another drag. Gray and boring, stuck at home. Sure, we have school, but that doesn't really allow for much to do. It's just work and very little fun. I mean, mostly. Some of the classes are kind of fun, but not really. I miss being able to hang out with you and the guys and just have fun. This whole corona thing has messed so much up. We might never get to see Albert again. If the school year ends before we are let back to school, he will have already moved. Same for Nick and Kaylee. Such big parts of our grade will be gone before we know it, and we can't even say goodbye at this rate. It makes me feel so helpless. We're stuck inside all day while the world goes on, passing everyone by. Pretty soon, we'll step outside and realize that we've missed so much that we don't even recognize each other anymore. If this goes on for long enough, we'll all have grown and changed. Will we even know one another? When we get back to school, will I know it's you? Maybe I'm overthinking things. I've had too much time alone to think. Of course, that might not be bad. Maybe the world will be better off after all of this. I know for a fact the environment is getting better. But maybe that's not the only thing that will change. After so long apart, maybe we will all be able to appreciate one another better. Instead of looking to the future or the past at all times, always, maybe we'll be able to live in the present and be happy. Would it be so bad if that happened? I don't think so at all. In the face of all this fear, it helps to see the good, so that's what I'm trying to do. When there is good, even in the smallest amount, the bad seems so much smaller people of the world have been drifting further and further apart. Maybe this will bring us all together. With a common goal, we no longer see our differences. We're all just people wanting the same thing. And right now, for us, it's safety. We all just want to be safe and healthy in the face of this outbreak. And that means we'll work together to achieve that goal, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm going crazy. I just needed to share my thoughts with someone, and you were the person I thought of. Thanks for listening.
0: And finally, 13-year-old Lucene, who is Dan's daughter. Dear doctors around
4: the world, since the recent closing of my school, my sister, dad last teacher, and I have been cooped up at home. We've had a fairly easy few weeks and so far life has been pretty good. However, I know it hasn't been the same with you. You have been putting your lives on the line to save others you've never even met and that is truly admirable. Whether it's just for the paycheck or because you really care, hopefully the latter, you're doing a valuable service to humanity. I'm truly grateful for all of you. Even though supplies are running out, you improvise and brainstorm new ways to care for your patients. You fight for your right to proper protective gear, all while caring for the sick and your families. You battle against the coronavirus, not only for your lives, but for the lives of others across the globe. My mother, the doctor of our family, has been on service since March 30th. Not only will she be in the hospital and or laboratory like usual, but she'll also be working directly with suspected and even confirmed coronavirus patients. She'll be struggling alongside you to save lives, and I'm truly proud of her for this. However, we're all scared for her, just like we're scared for you too. This whole coronavirus thing is bad enough without a loved one in the front lines. Now I know what it must be like for your family, since i am now become one of those worried children with parents staring death in the eye. Every day my mom comes home, she enters via the back door and heads straight to the shower. We had to clear out all our things out of the master bedroom and bathroom, since that's where she set up camp. We can't be near her, either. I know my sister in particular is sad about this, and she has the unfortunate and incredibly annoying habit of sneaking into mom's room in the middle of the night and falling asleep back in her bed, Plus, the obvious fact that she loves her. I'm upset that I won't be able to give my mom a warm hug after a long day of work and tell her how proud I am of her. But since I'm already a teenager, yes, probably moody and hormonal, I'm able to deal with this isolation better than she is. I admit, I didn't really understand what the coronavirus was until I was staring it in the face. I only saw it from a distance at first. Now that my mother has joined your ranks, I comprehend some of your anxiety. Thank you so much for all your hard work. What you do is truly important in this day and age, and you are the driving forces of change in this new coronavirus-marked era. Sincerely, Lucene.
0: Those were Caitlin, Will, and Lucene reading from their stay-at-home assignments. And you know what? I think it's an awesome assignment, and I'd love to give it to all of you. Write a letter to anyone you want about this experience we're all going through right now. Keep it to about two minutes reading out loud. And let's try to stay away from politics on this one. There's plenty of that elsewhere. And what I really want to hear about is how you're coping with all these changes in our lives right now. If you write one, let me know on social media or radiotests at gmail.com. If nobody writes one, well, I'll find something else to put on the show. High school seniors, and college seniors for that matter, were really the hardest hit by all this. They're missing out on huge life milestones, and it's hard not to have your heart break in two over that. Ethan Hopper is one of those high school seniors. He's getting ready to go to music school, conservatory, in the fall as a piano major. Last week, his family threw open the sashes of their home in Portland, Oregon, and invited neighbors to gather on the street below for an impromptu concert. His piano teacher, who lives down the street, was in the audience, along with kids and parents from up and down the block. You know, I know you're a high school senior. What has this all just generally been like for you as you're supposed to be looking forward to college? I'm sure you still are, but, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was supposed to happen in these last few months, and now there's no school. What's Can you just kind of tell me a little bit about what it's been like for you?
5: It's been rough. I also play trumpet in my school's band. And most of what I've missed has just been playing music with people and getting to go to all these festivals and perform. And also the just the final band concert is always a sort of like cathartic sort of deal. And I'm sad that I don't get to experience that in my last year. I mean, obviously, there's also like, Prom and graduation, which are, I mean, I know for some people, those are the things that they're most bummed about that aren't happening. But for me, it's it's really about the music things that I'm the most concerned about. It is nice to get a lot of time to just focus on music. But
0: Is that what you've been doing? Have you been <laughs> practicing a lot?
5: Yep, lots of practicing.
0: <laughs> Tell me about how this uh, this neighborhood concert came about.
5: My dad asked if I wanted to play for some neighbors, just as a, a sort of musical tribute. And I said, sure. And we streamed it on Facebook. And I mean, a bunch of people ended up watching. I, d- I didn't really have anything that was fully learned as like a performance piece, but I still just a bunch of stuff that I can go back and stuff that I've played before that I can go back and play mostly just by reading.
0: watching uh, the Facebook live video and at the very end you when you finished you went outside and there were a lot of people gathered there on your street social distancing of course but listening to you do you kind of understand what a gift that was to your neighborhoods you know at, at this point in time
5: yeah it was it's really a it's a cool experience just when I walked out there and saw just how many people were listening to me and appreciating appreciating the music. I, I, I mean, it's, music is universal. Everyone sort of is able to gain something from it, even if they themselves aren't musicians. It's really powerful. Mm.
0: Do you think of music that way, as, as a gift to people?
5: Yeah, I, well in some ways. I mean, definitely part of it is that, um, and obviously there's also a part that's for myself as well, where if I'm not enjoying it, then it's hard to make other people enjoy it. So there's part of it that's also for myself as well. What do you want to do with your music? That's, I'm still trying to figure that out too. Um, there are just so many aspects of it that I love. Like, I love playing solo piano, but I also love accompanying, and I love playing in large ensembles on trumpet, and I love composing and I everything, and it's just so hard to decide. Well, I'm just gonna go in, I'm gonna be a piano performance major, and maybe minor in some other things, and then go from there and see what pops out as sort of my favorite thing.
0: Well, you have a long life ahead of you, so maybe you can sample a little bit of it as, at a time uh, as you go along.
5: Yeah, and I know a lot of professional musicians, just by the nature of their work, end up doing a little bit of everything anyway. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thank you for the concert. I think it was something that everyone who watched online and certainly everyone in your, in your neighborhood appreciated and frankly needed. So thank you, and uh, I hope you keep doing that.
5: I will, I will keep doing it, thank you
0: That was Ethan Hopper giving a socially distanced concert from his home here in Portland. I don't know about you, but this one brought me to tears. Amid all this anxiety, fear, displacement, there is beauty, there is music, there is hope. Try to keep that with you. All right, that's the show. Next time, more music. This time, a COVID-related song coming to us from a nursing home in Boston. And it takes a village to get a rower back on the water. Send me your stories and letters of how you're coping. I'm Tess Vigland, and this is COVID Chronicles. You can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All my DMs are open. Or on email at radiotess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay healthy.